Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the word of God bless you today. So when I was in uh, fifth grade at Jerger Elementary School in Thomasville, Georgia, uh, fifth grade was the year that the band teacher from the middle school would come to all of the elementary schools and, uh, and, and if we, he would come to our music class, and he would uh, invite us to pick an instrument to play, and if he would test us out in it, and uh, that would be the instrument. When we went to sixth grade, when we went to middle school in the sixth grade, if we wanted to be in the band, that would be the instrument. So fifth grade was so exciting. The second part of fifth grade, Mr. Fleetwood would come to, came to our class, and uh, he was the middle school band teacher, so kind of a big deal. And we had to come with an idea of what instrument we wanted to play. If you want to play trumpet or a brass instrument, he had a, a mouthpiece. And he would say, blow in this. And if you could do, do your lips that way. Any, any trumpeters, any horn players here? Yeah, I thought, I thought it's okay. Uh, I, thought I remember that was what you did. Um, if you could do that, okay, you could play one of these instruments. Uh, I, saxophone was mine, so he had a, a, a reed. Can you blow on that? Can you figure it out? And I got to play saxophone. Um, and the drummers, everybody wanted to be a drummer. That was a tough test. You had to be in front of everybody. You had to show that you had rhythm. And Mr. Fleetwood was a drummer. And rumor has it that, that, he, was, he, that he got so angry at some point, he threw drumsticks onto the, the roof of the band classroom. We were terrified of him. He had these thick, I had never seen glasses so thick. You couldn't really see his eyes, he was a little, bit, a little bit scary and intense, but it was very exciting. The other thing that was so exciting about Mr. Fleetwood coming to our class was the other rumor was that he was a descendant. He was in line for the throne of England. That's what we thought in the fifth grade. That was the rumor in Thomasville that somehow Mr. Fleetwood in Thomasville, Georgia, if a third of England were wiped out, would somehow be taken up into England to be the, the next king of England. And Mr. Fleetwood was in our class, and it had to be true. But that, that, that thought that he was somehow in the line to be the king of England uh, was just amazing. You've probably heard in, in, in our service so far a branch of Jesse, root of Jesse. We've said it a couple times. Um, that is what we call Jesus. Jesse was the father of King David in the Old Testament a long time ago, the greatest king. And it was very important that the Messiah be a descendant of King David. So many, many, many years pass. And you have a man named Joseph in a town named Nazareth, who's a carpenter, no less. And then, and then another a baby he's taking care of, who's named Jesus. And rumor has it, that carpenter in Nazareth, where nothing good comes out of Nazareth, that carpenter is a direct descendant of King 
David, no less. I mean, if all, I mean, it would be amazing. The Messiah that we're waiting for is the son of Joseph of Nazareth, the carpenter. It might as well be Mr. Fleetwood, the band director in Thomasville. That is the, that is the prophecy. That is who we say Jesus is. It is that true, but it's also that absurd that claim. That's what people are thinking. So I say all of that because I want you to think about that when we're thinking about Joseph, Mr. Fleetwood. So this Advent, we are looking at the four members of the Christmas cast. And this, this cast of characters here, we are, we are turning to today to one of the members with top billing. His name would be there on the sign above the theater featuring Mary and Joseph, the husband of Mary. And there he is in the nativity scene. He's front and center, right? He's, if, you, if you can't see, he's got a big uh, staff there. He's the, at the right hand of Mary. And so as a central character, a central member of the nativity cast, surely Joseph, he must have some of the greatest lines. Can you think of any of those wonderful sayings of Joseph? Yeah, because there aren't any. That's, that's why. It was his wife who famously said, how can this be? For I am a virgin. And also, behold, the servant of God, let it be according to your word. Oh, classic, classic lines. But Joseph, her husband, what does he say? We have absolutely no idea. We have four gospels, four different accounts of Jesus's life, and no one can remember what Joseph said. Maybe he was the strong, silent type, or maybe no one thought it was important to write down what Joseph said. Or maybe he had things to say, but um, maybe it's better that that be forgotten to history. Joseph, he was there. Nobody can remember what he said. Or maybe he, in the whole of the New Testament, Joseph, he just has no lines. He's there in the nativity story, but after that, he pretty much disappears from the story of Jesus. And he only appears in two of the Gospels, Matthew and Luke. John mentions Joseph a few times. Uh, he mentions him as the father of Jesus. Mark never mentions Joseph at all. And in Luke, he pops up um, once uh, after Jesus was born. He pops up once when uh, Jesus went missing in Jerusalem. I don't know if you remember the story, but he was a little older. His parents were in Jerusalem. Jesus went missing for three days. They were looking for him. Uh, they found him in the temple. And Mary says uh, to Jesus, your father and I have been looking for you. Why have you done this to us? And then this kid says, I've been in my father's. Didn't you know? I've been in my father's house. What would that have felt like to Joseph? 
We don't know. He didn't say. But you can imagine. There are two fathers in this story. The one that Mary says is Jesus' father and the one that Jesus calls father. I want to note, though, that that, uh, it should tell us a lot about Joseph's character that Mary so clearly identifies him as Jesus' father. Because probably he acted like one. When Jesus talks about his father, he's talking about God. But when Mary talks about Jesus' father, she is talking about her husband. She's talking about Joseph. And that's important. This is the gospel of the Lord. This is the story of salvation. It is uh, the, the story of the formation of the church of Jesus Christ. And it is also the story of a family. Jesus was 100% a human being. He was a distant relative of King David. And he comes by that from his earthly family, his mom and her husband. But he is also 100% God. And, well, he says that his father is a king and his kingdom is not of this world. So who is Joseph then? He has a part to play in Luke and Matthew, but after Jesus begins his ministry on earth, Joseph is nowhere else in the story. There's no mention of Joseph amongst the disciples. There's no mention of him there at the cross. There's no mention of Joseph dying. He is a central character in the Christmas cast, but in the story of Jesus, in the whole of the gospel, he's not much more than a footnote, if he's mentioned at all. So at the annual Christmas pageant, the kid that gets cast as Joseph, he gets his bathrobe, he gets his stick, he's got a place next to the manger, but he does not get lines, and then he is swept off the stage right after the Magi, that's it. But there is a lot that we can learn about from Joseph. He is here in the Bible for a reason. He has a role in the greatest love story ever written. And so let us hear from the Gospel of Matthew uh, what he has to say about Joseph. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah, it took place this way. You can almost hear Matthew saying that to Luke. It happened this way, Luke. When his mother, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, Being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to divorce her quietly. But just when he was resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You are to name him Jesus. 
for he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, which is to say, look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had given birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. If you look at the cover of your bulletin, there's a painting it is called Joseph's Dream. It's by the artist Rembrandt. It's from 1645. It's called Joseph's Dream, but notice where the light is. Light is shining on Mary. Mary, because Jesus, the, the light of the world, is growing within Mary. And there is a in the shadows, at the center of the painting, but somehow also not the focus, there is Joseph. You can barely see him. And there is an angel with his hand on Joseph's shoulder. But Joseph, he looks yeah, kind of out of it. I mean, Mary is literally glowing. But Joseph is bent over his head and his hands. Is he sad? Is he dejected? Is, is he miserable? He looks like he could be any of those things, unless you know Joseph's story. Sure, in the beginning, when he was engaged to this woman and she was found to be pregnant, we can only imagine his feelings. Who found Mary to be pregnant? How do you find that out? In their time, what was clear is that it was a major problem for someone who was committed to being married to someone else to be found to have had relations with someone else. It would be an issue in our time, too, but more significant even then, much less pregnant. Joseph was well within his legal rights to have Mary and whoever got her pregnant punished, even up to death. Now, it was probably rare for many people to go that far in a situation like this, but as could be the case today, uh, this could have been devastating for Mary and her child. They'd be on their own. But, but Matthew says that Joseph was a righteous man. He was good. And he wasn't going to expose her to public disgrace, as he could have. But according to Matthew, uh, the good thing to do, the, man, the thing that a good man does to a pregnant single woman is to cut her loose. It's hard to see, even in that best case scenario, things really working out well for Mary. She, she probably wouldn't be getting married to anyone else. Her family probably wouldn't be taking her back in. She'd become one of those that Jesus would come to care deeply about when he grew up. Those among the widows and the orphans, the most vulnerable. 
And that's Joseph doing the righteous thing. And so looking at this painting, you could see all of that weighing on him. But before any of that could happen, Joseph had a dream. He's not sad in this picture. He's sleeping. He's asleep. He's dreaming. It's called Joseph's dream. And he's dreaming about an angel. Or as Matthew says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Do you see how those two things are different? If I said to you, I had a dream about an angel, you would say, oh, cool. If I said to you, um, an angel spoke to me in a dream, it hits a little different, right? I had a dream about an angel. That's an angel spoke to me in a dream, and, <laughs> and then what he said. There's something important about Matthew's version of the story, something that he disagrees with his buddy Luke about. As Matthew tells it, this is the only time anyone hears that the baby growing inside of Mary was conceived without the involvement of a man. No angel appears to Mary in Matthew's version. And she also has no lines in this version of the story, which means Mary was found to be pregnant with someone else's baby, and the things that were going to go one way until Joseph has this dream about an angel. The whole idea that Jesus was conceived by God hinges on what Joseph felt about his dream. And the whole of Christendom believes about his dream. Maybe he doesn't have any lines because as soon as those words actually came out of his mouth, you'd have to be crazy to believe it. Better to leave it unsaid and let us fill it in. Or to trust that the same spirit that put a baby into Mary put the faith to believe that into you into me, put the faith to believe that into Joseph, into Mary. And we have no clue about the conversations between Mary and Joseph from the time that she found out that she was pregnant and then Joseph had a dream where the angel told him. Imagine what that time was like until this angel appeared in a dream and said, it's okay, Joseph, you can still marry Mary. She's still a virgin, and that baby is from God. What his lines could have been are, uh, hey, Mary, <laughs> had a dream. Um, you know how you said that even though you are clearly pregnant, you have no idea how because... Yeah, well, uh, I just had this strangest dream where an angel said that it's God's baby. And so it's okay for us to get married now. And lo, these 2,000 years later, this is the miracle that is still celebrated on Christmas with kids wearing bathrobes. 
You know, the virgin birth isn't the only miracle in this story. Faith itself is a miracle. Trust is a miracle. The faith that Joseph had in his dream at the 11th hour, the trust that Mary had in Joseph the messenger, There's a lot of action and a lot of communication that happens, and yet we know nothing of what was said, only that when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He married Mary, and they didn't have marital relations until she gave birth to a son, and he, Joseph, named him Jesus, which means God saves And indeed, God does save. And so did Joseph save Mary and Jesus from a very different and much more likely path. This isn't the last time that Joseph will save his little family either. Because after Jesus was born, Joseph had another dream. And he learned from an angel in that other dream that the king, Herod, was out to find and kill the baby that he had heard may one day claim his kingdom. And so Joseph took his wife and his baby, her baby, their baby, and they fled Israel and they hid out as refugees in Egypt until he had another dream where the angel told him that Herod was dead and it's safe to go home, and he went to Nazareth. Actions speak louder than words, don't they? Joseph was a man of few words and faithful, courageous actions, and at every turn, his trust and his trustworthiness and his actions protected the vulnerable child that he called God saves. God saves through Jesus, who is God with us. But first, Joseph saves. Mary bore our Savior into the world, and Joseph protected him every step of the way until Joseph was gone from the story. Because the next thing that happens in Matthew is a grown man named Jesus appears in the wilderness where he was baptized in the River Jordan by a man named John. And when Jesus came out of the water, a voice from heaven said, This is my son. This is my son, the beloved. We don't know where Joseph was that day. It's not in the story anymore from this point. But maybe, maybe. Maybe he was there with his wife. They were seated maybe up on, on the hillside. And they were, they were watching that day when the child that he named and he protected came up out of the water. And, and he was there and saw when the heavens opened and that spirit like a dove fluttered down and landed on his boy. It's a man, a man now. And then that voice claimed his son, 
what to this point only Joseph had known in his dreams and trusted in his heart was now proclaimed from heaven by the voice of God loud enough for all eternity to hear and to be proclaimed even now, here, this day. This is the Son of God. Joseph always knew it. And then maybe Mary squeezed the hand of her beloved Joseph, tears in their eyes, beaming as Jesus came up out of that water. And and as the water cleared from his eyes, he saw them there on the hill, maybe, gray-haired, holding each other. And then love wrapped around this moment and And then he turned from them and he walked into the lives of every person he would save. And so Joseph took his leave and well done, this good and faithful servant. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. To find out more about our church as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you and you'll join us again. Until then... May God be with you.